Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. What a blessing it is to see a new year that God has kept us, God has favored us, and God has continued to bless us. I'm bringing you some messages to get us started on this new year, beginning with wise decisions. Then we're going to close out the latter part of this week with a special message to men. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I want you to stay tuned because I'm going to invite every man to join us for a special men's event this Friday. So stay tuned. I'll give you more information about the theme and the location. This is the time for men and people of God to stand tall and make inroads into the kingdom of darkness. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's word. You have to draw people to you sometime before you can draw them to the Lord because they got to have an opening. They wanna, you want them to hear what you have to say. And uh, one of the things that are, are best about uh, reaching people is that you're genuinely interested in them. You are genuinely interested in them. So I'm not trying to get us on some kind of a project where we are interested in telling them about the Lord, but we ain't interested in them. Are you interested in that person? So when I, I have a coworker or I have a neighbor, you know, I've been working on my neighbor. I haven't told her about the, the Lord yet, but I went out and her, see her grass is dying. And I went out there and I looked and got on my knees in her yard. And I said, you know, she got chinch bugs. You know, you probably don't even know it. So I went and knocked on her door. And, and I, actually, I called her because we changed phone numbers. I said, you know, you come outside. You have some chinch bugs. I've got some stuff that I'm going to treat the yard with, but I just treat yours. So I'm building good relationships with them. Now, when we're gone, they move our garbage can back off the street and put it back up by the house. When we sit out there and talk sometime, I'm going to ask her about where she's at. You open that bridge and you, you, you get a bridge so that you can have the right in their mind to speak to them on that level. Ask a person about their life. Ask them about what's going on in their life. Ask them about their views. Ask them about their outlook. Ask them about what they think. And then when they're talking, listen. That's not the time to start arguing with them about their philosophies and tell them how wrong they are. Just listen to them. Don't interrupt them. Try to understand what they're saying. They may be way off on a tangent, and you just, but you're listening. You say, this person's so far gone. I know, I, now I know how to pray. Lord, give me some wisdom on how to speak to this person because they're really, really off on something deep over there. They, they don't have any kind of understanding. But you won't get that if you're not hearing them because you're just waiting to throw yours in on them. Listen to them. Lovingly begin to build a bridge to them. That's how Jesus was able to reach so many people. The example of how to engage people is found in the fourth ch uh, chapter of the book of John. I'm not going to finish what I wanted to bring out in this passage, but we're just going to get started and I'm just going to go a few more minutes and then we'll come back later. One good thing about doing series, you can always pick it up where you left off and keep on going and you don't have to try to finish it all because you're the visiting preacher and you got to get it all in on one night. But I'm going to read this passage. If you have your Bible, they may put it up on the screen, they may not, but this is a, this is a story so it's more than just a verse. So I want you to get the whole picture of this story and what was happening here. And you've heard it many, many times before, probably. John chapter four, verse one. 
the Pharisee heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples. How was he doing that? He was reaching people. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now, he had to go through Samaria. Now, in the King James said, he, he said he must need. He have a need to go through Samaria. He didn't literally have to go there, but he had to go because it was something he wanted to accomplish. Now, he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. The sixth hour is noon. The sixth hour is noon. They start counting at six o'clock in the morning. Jesus was executed about the ninth hour. It's three o'clock. Okay, so that was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, uh, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone uh, into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew. I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. That's the first little point I want you to make here. It was two things. Uh, Jews do not associate with Samaritans. I want to ask you a question. Who is it that you don't associate with? Okay, don't even ask like I associate with everybody. There are some people you don't like. There are some folk I don't like. You know, I'm not that, you know, I'm, I'm not that fond of necessarily. I don't say I hate them, but there are some people I'd rather be with beside them. How about that? If it was my choice to, to, to be over with them or somebody else, it's probably going to be somebody else. And we all have those type of, of things going on in our hearts and our minds. Don't have to be somebody of another race. It could be somebody of another uh, class of people or whatever you think it might be that you don't want to be around. You wouldn't say anything to them. But Jesus spoke to this woman. This woman saying, wait a minute now. How can you even ask me for a drink? I had a friend of mine that went to uh, Israel and he decided he wanted to go over to Bethlehem and that's in the Arab country, and he kind of broke protocol and went on his own and got on a bus. And he said, I was sitting on the bus by, these, by everybody, and everybody was the Arabs. And he asked this woman a question, and she didn't say anything, and she just drew up and she got all afraid. And he said, I found out later that I'm not supposed to speak to a woman. And she's not supposed, she could get killed speaking to this man. And if they saw me, they could have beat me for speaking to this woman. Okay, so in those cultures, she's saying, what are you doing talking to me? You're trying to holler at me. Okay, but Jesus said, and he knew she was a Samaritan. He knew all the culture, but he asked her. And then he said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living 
water. If you knew who, if you knew who you were talking to, sir, the woman said, "You have nothing to draw, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and his herds?" And Jesus answered, "Everyone who drinks this water." will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Now he's preaching the gospel to her. She don't even know it yet. I got something that you're never going to run dry. I got something that if you had this, if you have what I got, You'd have it going on. You know, the woman said, now, if that's what you're talking about, give me some of that water. Now, listen, do you have something that other people are going to want? Do you have something that other people are going to recognize and are going to want? The Lord had given us something other people ought to want. We have the joy of the Lord. We just can't tell it by the way we act. Oh, okay. I, I suppose you're talking about me, right? I have the joy of the Lord. They just can't tell it when I go places because of my countenance and my response because I got so many things on my mind that I've been asking the Lord for and he ain't done it for me yet and I'm worried about it and I got this stuff on my mind. I ain't got time for these people. That's me. So they can't see the joy. So I can't tell them, you know, if you, if you give what I got, you're going to have the same kind of joy I got. Because they're going to say, what kind of joy is that? They're not going to say, well, give that to me. They're going to say, I don't want what you got. Because they can't feel the joy. They can't see the joy. They can't recognize the joy. They can't recognize the peace. Listen, if you come to Jesus Christ, you're going to have the same kind of peace I've got. Why were you getting so mad throwing stuff at the cashier? What kind of, <laughs> snatching your bag. What kind of peace you got? She must have recognized. He must have what he's talking about because she said, what? Give it to me then. So I won't get thirsty and keep having to come draw water. She still didn't get the full idea of what he was talking about, but it sounds really enticing and good and inviting. So I want to do that. You know, the Lord can change your life. What would it be like if every believer on one day, let's just do this for one day, would just walk around with the joy of the Lord and a smile on their face and the peace of God and, and just uh, speaking blessings and favor and everything to people? Wonder what would happen if that happened? The Lord would probably come back. He said, that ain't going to happen again. Let me just go get them now. If every believer was doing that, people would wonder what's going on. You ever seen somebody that just had a grin on their face all the time after a while you get suspicious? You must be up to something. Yeah, well, I'm up to something. I'm up to, I'm up to heaven. I'm up to what God's doing. Yes, I have the joy of the Lord today. My goodness, you ever seen anybody in the corner just laughing to themselves? Well, you can have some joy. The Lord will just tickle you with a little joy. You just, <laughs> hallelujah, praise God. So what's wrong with you? I was just thinking about something God did for me. And I'll tell you what, that was, i tell you, God is just amazing. Well, I want some of that. Now, look at what happens and how this conversation turns. She says, give me the water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. And he told her, go call your husband and come back. I ain't finna give you nothing without your husband being here. I ain't finna give you nothing without your husband being here. <laughs> I have no husband, she said. And Jesus said to her, you got that right. 
The fact is you have had five and the man you're shacking with ain't your husband. And that's what he said. That's the MEV. That's the Martin expanded version. And the woman said, what you've said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. How are you supposed to know that? Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where you, where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshiper will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father is seeking. God is a spirit and his worshipers must Worship him in spirit and truth. Jesus went just a little bit deeper into the spiritual uh, reality with that woman. This is Jerry G. Martin and a happy new year to you. I hope that you have an expectation for God to do some amazing things in your life and through your life this year. If you would like to hear today's message in its entirety, you can go to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. And as you're starting your new year, I invite you to come and be our guest at the Light of the World. We meet each Sunday at 16161 Old Humble Road. You may not be connected in a church family, but you need to be connected where you can grow and allow God to use your gifts and abilities for the kingdom. Now, I want to take a moment. We are having a very special men's event. It's a men's gathering that we've done several years at the beginning of the year. I'm inviting men from all over the city. No matter what church you go to, I'm inviting you to come and join us this Friday, January 6th, for Storming the Gates Men's Gathering. We will be at Carverdale Community Church. That's 10028 Algiers Street. Carverdale Community Church at 7 o'clock p.m. We're going to be sharing and encouraging and praying that every man who is the leader that God has put in place for his home and his household. Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And we're going to go and storm the gates of hell for our homes, our families, our children, and our communities. There are too many murders, too much drugs, too many suicides, too many carjackings, burglaries, and crime, and all kind of things going on around us. The people of God can change that. Join us this Friday evening at 7 o'clock p.m. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.